With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. They are Sports Illustrated. It's amazing. This incredible body of work. I really appreciate the integrity. Everything you do is well done. You guys do a great job. We love it. What can we say? He's Chris Maddox. He's employed by Sports Illustrated. The announcer's got it in for me. There you go. This is the Crossover NBA Podcast. If you have a problem with it, build a team that can beat them. Hosted by the one and only. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Chris Maddox. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Crossover NBA Podcast. Glad you could join me this week, Thanksgiving week edition, and we've got a lot to get into. The latest news in the NBA is the league kicking around possible schedule changes from shortening the season a little bit to having maybe a play-in tournament kind of baseball style at the end of the year. We'll talk about that and much more with Billy King, the former executive with the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers. Billy has been... Part of these discussions with the league over the years has a really interesting perspective on exactly how this would all work and how likely it is that we see changes in the NBA. Also, we get into the MVP debate, which is starting to heat up a little bit and talk a little bit about Andrew Wiggins, who is having, I don't want to call it a breakout year in Minnesota, who's been playing some good basketball after back-to-back tough years with the Timberwolves. Quick housekeeping note, if you like this podcast, very easy way you can support it. Head over to Apple Podcasts, post a comment, leave a rating. It's simple, it's easy, it's free. It's the best way to make sure that we keep doing this podcast week after week. That's it. All right, let's go. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. 
or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, Billy King is in, former general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets, joining me here on the podcast. What's happening, Billy? Not too much, not too much. It's enjoying this uh, season. Pretty interesting. I think it's wide open. Getting ready for Thanksgiving, I assume. Big plans in the King household? I am. I uh, fried turkey, so I just picked up a 17-pound bird, a fresh bird, going to deep fry that and cook a ham and uh, go to my sister-in-law's and then later that day drive tomorrow thursday drive down to um richmond for my daughter's field hockey tournament <laughs> are you, so when you're in the area are you going to go to the funeral for duke university basketball after uh that debacle yesterday against Stephen f austin what i i didn't see what happened yeah, you missed it. You missed it. Oh, you're probably one of those guys that was like with your finger on the button on Twitter to call for a double dribble on that play. Uh, well, it was a double on. dribble, but you know, it, it, <laughs> it, it was. But you shouldn't have to come down to a double dribble. You know, congrats, uh, Stephen F. Lawson, but uh, Duke, you shouldn't have to be begging for a double dribble in that situation. So, good thing they didn't call it because they didn't deserve to win that game. It happens. It happens every so often. It does. Though. Remember I'm we sure lost to learned... BC a couple years ago, but I don't think that affected our season. No, that's that's true. It didn't really affect BC's season either, for that matter. So <laughs> it stuff just happens. Um, all right. So 
Hey, so, real quick, but it's crazy because basketball, you know, Kentucky loses at home to Evansville when they were number one. Michigan State gets upset. So I think, you know, college basketball is going to be like that all year because I think it's just these smaller mid-majors keep those kids there for four years, and then they're able to go against some of these teams that are playing all freshmen, and the experience does help you uh, in college basketball. Yeah, no question. Big win for Walter McCarty going into Rupp Arena a little while back and getting that win. Big Walt. Great win. Putting Evansville on the map. Gotta love that. Good stuff by Walt. Um, all right, let's jump right into it, Billy, because the big story this week uh, came courtesy from ESPN, which was following up and giving going a little deeper on a New York Post report from earlier about potential changes to the NBA schedule. And there are a few things that are on the league's agenda. I want to run through them real quick before we get your, your reaction to it. The first, uh, reducing the length of the schedule from 82 to 78 games, which would continue the league's trend of trying to eliminate as many back-to-backs uh, as possible. That's been something I know has been on the league's radar uh, for a while. Uh, that's one thing. An in-season tournament, kind of NCAA style, where teams would face interdivisionally between the six divisions. The six division winners advance to a tournament-style single elimination game. You got wildcard teams, all that stuff that would be an in-season tournament that would have no playoff implications a little bit down the road, a little further down the road, you have a tournament that features the seven to ten seeds, which would determine the final two seeds in the playoff mix. So basically, a play-in tournament uh, for the last two seeds in each conference. At the end, you would have playoff reseeding when they get to the conference finals, which is something the WNBA does already, and would kind of be something of a compromise for the people that want reseeding. From 1 to 16, they're not looking to do that, but they would reseed 1 to 4 at the very end to have kind of the four best teams play each other in an appropriate manner. Um, let's just get your reaction to all this. Is this, this isn't something that probably surprises you as a longtime general manager. It's something that I'm sure has been talked about uh, for a lot in recent years. Yeah, no, I mean, I remember going to the uh, Board of Governors meetings and this was brought up as a way, especially on the back end, uh, the playing games, a way maybe to deter tanking. Um, but I think it's something that Adam and his, his uh, staff have been really talking about. And I think it's, you know, the TV partners also have been talking about it um, for a way to try to put excitement into the middle of the season and, and to give teams at the bottom a a chance to continue to play, that they have a chance to get in. It's almost like baseball with you know the wild cards. When they added that, it gave more teams an opportunity to keep playing and keep fighting for a chance to get in the playoffs. And, um, so it's something that's been on the radar for, for a while. Let me go through it then kind of piece by piece with you. Let, let's start with the, the schedule reduction. This is, again, something that's not uh, necessarily a new concept for the NBA. When, when did you start hearing about schedule reduction and what are kind of the pro and con arguments for doing it well i think in trying to when they adjusted the schedule to try to get you know the get rid of back-to-backs get try to get reduce get rid of four and five nights as much as possible and i think it was a way to sort of i think the players brought it to the league's attention of you know wear and tear on the body and so the league started looking into it and move the season up to help reduce the schedule, and you know they they, they looked at the schedule really because before Matt Winnick ran it, it was just you you submit your dates that your building's available. A computer spits out a schedule, then TV puts the 
matchups in, and then they move it around a little bit, and you got a schedule. They never looked into like one of the worst back to backs in the league was when you you played in Portland and had to go to Denver on a back to back. That was just you can chalk it up as a loss just because travel, getting there, the distance from the airport from Denver to the hotel. Once you landed, I mean, teams were getting in at at 4 a.m., 4.30, and having to play again that night. And so they won. I think they got rid of that back-to-back right away. But they really, really started looking at it analytically how to make it better for the players. But I think what's hurting the players is this load management stuff. So it's like if they're going to do this, reduce the schedule, then you can't say, I need rest, because they're doing everything they can to try to help you. So um, so I, I think it, it, it it's a good thing to try to reduce the, the games if you can and to get rid of back-to-backs, but then the players got to cooperate and play. You know, I, I've I've seen some uh, pushback to reducing the schedule. I mean, Mark Cuban is one of the owners who went public on social media saying he's not for a 78-win season. I've talked to you know other uh, team officials, especially the bigger market teams who, you know, quite frankly, want the revenue that yeah. comes from playing in you know, a couple of extra games, especially a couple of extra home games. That's real money that comes in for some of these big market teams. What have you, I mean, when this has come up in the past, what's been the, the reaction from, from people you talk to around the league? Is there strong support for it, strong support against it? I mean, how would you characterize it? Well, I, I think the, the, from the ownership standpoint, I think you're exactly right. It's the revenue. How are you going to replace that revenue? And when you're in the, you're in the middle of a TV deal, and you're going to. You, I don't think you can do this without having a new TV deal, because you got to know where your revenue is coming. If you if you were to reduce the game schedule, and then all of a sudden say the TV deal stayed the same or got reduced, now you're reducing revenue. If the TV revenue were to go up, and this, this, I think this is all part of that to try to get a new TV deal. If that goes up, I think that'll be Adam's argument. Okay, we've increased your revenue there, so it's okay to lose you know, some of your, your local games. And, but I think you'll see some of the regional broadcasting partners, TV partners, to go back and say, okay, if you're reducing games, we're going to reduce our pay to you also. So there's a lot of implications for teams, individuals. So I think ownership is the one that's really going to be the one that drives us because they don't want to lose revenue. Um, and, you know, are the players going to reduce their their pay because the games go down? So it, it gets really, really complicated, I think. Yeah, I mean, it, that's what I always think when it comes down to money. When, when you reduce games, somebody has to give money back. Both sides have to give money back, and ultimately nobody's willing to do that. So everything kind of remains uh, in the status quo. The, you mentioned load management um, a, a couple minutes earlier. and do, do you think that the – does it seem to strike you that the latest round of talks about negotiating uh, the number of games down. You think that's a reaction to all this load management stuff? Because it's it's such a polarizing topic. I mean, I don't know what your opinion is on it, but I don't have a huge problem with load management. I think it's become a, a pretty big deal in the last year plus because of Kawhi Leonard, who has become the poster boy for load management. But it's kind of been going on for years with you know DNP rest on the San Antonio Spurs when it came to Tim Duncan, uh, but it seems to to really be this this hot topic in the NBA, and it it sounds like this is sort of a uh, a reaction to all that trying to reduce the number of games uh, currently. I think you're right, um, and my whole thing with the load management, and I used to debate this with ownership when I was in Brooklyn. Yeah, you know. 
teams like San Antonio, when they did it, they had already won, I think it was four championships when they did it. And they had older players, and I think it was Pop's way of figuring, okay, we're going to take rest because they won. Um, Kawhi Leonard, to me, last year when Toronto was doing it, here's a guy come off of an injury who missed pretty much all year, the year before. So I think they were trying to figure out how to get him through the season. Even during the playoffs, he wasn't completely healthy. You can see he was limping. So I think it was their way. We have an injured player trying to manage him to get him through the season. I don't like the load management for guys healthy and just give them a day's rest. To me, that's just, you know, wrong because you're cheating the game itself. You're cheating fans. If a guy's healthy, if a guy has a history of injuries, you're trying to get him through the season, I do understand that. Um, but if if it's if it's just a healthy guy taking the day off, I, I don't – because guys take off practices. So if you're going to, you know, take off the practice and play the games, you know, um, you know that was Allen Iverson. Like, look, I, I'll give you 43 minutes. But you can't ask me to go and give you two and a half hours the next day in practice and then play again 43 minutes. Um, but that's my biggest problem is when guys are healthy and are just resting, um, especially with this schedule they have now where they, you know, very few back-to-backs and you got almost all these days of rest. It's, it's, to me, that's wrong. Yeah, and I think with Kawhi, I think we all have to kind of accept the fact that he's an injured player and will probably be an injured player needing to be managed for the foreseeable future. I think that leg injury that he suffered a couple of years ago in San Antonio, that that remains an issue. That that if he plays through that on back-to-backs, there is a real possibility he could wind up uh, re-aggravating it or dealing with something nagging towards the end of the season. And you know, and if you're the Clippers, screw that. Like there, you don't you owe fans something, but you don't owe them. You know, the, the, you don't owe them to roll the dice on your best player and a championship hope in a season wide open. That, that to me, is the biggest thing that people need to accept, that Kawhi Leonard, when he sits out back-to-backs, it's because that knee is an actual problem. Yes, exactly. And, and that's, I, I agree with that 100%. But when a guy is a completely healthy and just takes a day's rest, to me, that's because you can manage his you know, rest with, with practices where you take this day off from practice, which, which is what teams did back in the day. You know, they would give a guy off in practice. They take, you know, take the day off. You know, I know you just played, you know, a lot of minutes last night, so we'll give you give you off today. Um, and, and as the season goes on, a lot of players are managed that way during the season. You get into March and April, uh, but in the games, I just think it's just. When a guy's healthy, I just have a that to me is I have a problem with. I really do, just because it's. I think back to Michael playing every day. I think LeBron, who said it's you know he doesn't believe in it. You know these guys, you know they play. Uh, that's what their job. They get out there and play, and they play hard in every game. Um, when you have teams that, and, and I think it's is about trying to win a championship, preparing yourself. If you haven't won a championship, and you're just giving guys off. To me, it's just I, I don't I don't get it. I just it just baffles me because I look at hockey players; they're playing back to back, and you know, as soon as their game's over, those guys get on a bike and a ride right away to get the lactic acid out. But you know, hockey they're skating and hitting, and then they're playing back to backs, and you never have any of these guys where they get their teeth knocked out in the first period, come back and play in the third period, and then go play a back to back. You know, they're not saying I need rest; I got to manage my load in hockey. Yeah, I would agree with you for the most part. I do think that, like, when you have a player like James Harden that has to do so much, if there's, like, a, you know, a, a back-to-back where the second end is, like, 
I'm just picking a team here, but the Knicks or something. I wouldn't, you know, if you think you could win that game without him, I, I wouldn't mind them cherry picking a game there. And LeBron too. I mean, we'll get to him in a minute, but I, I don't, I don't love the idea of LeBron playing 75 games this season. I don't think that makes the Lakers a better playoff team if he does. I think he does need to kind of be managed to a degree because of his age and and the need to have him be the kind of two-way player we've seen at this season. I mean, are there not wouldn't you think there are, are like infrequent spots you want to give guys off just to to kind of protect them? But but I think if you're playing the Knicks and you're wanting you say so you go back to the Houston situation and you think you can win that game, well go out and get up in that game and in the fourth quarter if you're up by enough which you should be didn't rest the fourth quarter that's what the bulls used to do that's what a lot of these great teams you know they go out and dominate the game and then rest you know so instead of playing their normal 35 minutes they may play 20 minutes at night um that to me is how you 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 make sure guys get their rest i mean players when i was coaching back you know years ago you know guys would say you know we got to leave let's get and build this lead so we can take the fourth quarter off. And that that was the incentive, like to try to get up by as many as you can so you know the fourth quarter you can sit back and relax. Yeah, I look, I I think we're we're on the same page with that. I mean, I, I think you just two things. One, you have to differentiate between Kawhi and everybody else. I mean Kawhi and injured players and everybody else. Um and maybe I I guess yeah, look it's I get it that you know you go up, get up big. Guy only plays twenty five minutes. It's just like kind of going through the motions there. It's effectively, uh, it's effectively a day off for them as well. Yeah. And and I guess I guess you have to remember too that you know we're not talking about these guys getting on you know middle seat coach Delta flight yeah. to somewhere. I mean, they're, they're getting on a, a pretty nice charter and you know and and teams catered meals. Really do monitor these guys' minutes. They've got masseuse that travels. They've got people that are stretching them, their feet. I mean, it's the conditions that they are, they're they're provided um, is a lot different than it was back in the day. So, I just think that, for example, Joel Embiid. I think they did a, a a day, a load management day with him, and he had already been suspended for two games earlier in the year. And so it's like, okay, he had his two days off already. Well, I mean, but Joel Embiid is is kind of a different story for me too, just because of the number of injuries he dealt with early in his career. Like, I don't know that, I don't know that I'd want to, I'd probably want to err on the side of caution with Embiid at times. That doesn't mean sit him out every back to back, but, you know, periodically, you know, give him a game off maybe once every couple of months to, to just to make sure he's good to go for the playoffs. That That's another yeah. guy that I put, not in the Kawhi category, but kind of Kawhi adjacent. No, no, I, and I agree. His injury history has, you know, you know, probably you do err on the side of caution. But, you know, the one thing I was talking to uh, some doctors who are doctors for NBA teams, and that's one thing they said is so sometimes these guys' bodies, because they give them off in practice, they, you know, do load management games, they don't push their bodies enough so that when they do get in the game and they got to stretch, you know, you get in the playoffs, their body starts breaking down because their body hasn't been pushed, hasn't been stressed. I mean, you know, so like marathon runners are really good because they they push their body so their body knows how far they can go. And so when they get into a marathon, they're able to push it because they have been tested. And, you know, I think sometimes you they try to manage these guys' minutes in practice and games and stuff like that that their bodies never get pushed. You know, they never get tested. I mean, in playing in college or playing high school, you I mean when the coach used to get you on the end line and run suicide, you'd run and you'd run. But when you got to the... Practice was supposed to be the hardest thing possible. Games were supposed to be easy. And yeah, that was John Wooden. You know, practice was going to be more difficult than the game. 
Um, and so sometimes games are easier if, if you do push push these guys in practice, especially early in the season. Um, so I just think that uh, it, there's a lot of science going into it, but I just don't. I mean, and I know why they won it last year with him being load management or anything like that. But this team is winning this year in Toronto, and I don't know if they've done any load management anybody else. And they're they're playing great and winning. So, well, it's a it's a good thing that teams have staffs of like nine thousand guys now. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like it's these coaching I mean, staffs. Not not just the coaching staff, but support staff and everybody's got like a collection of Australians, you know, on their their staffs. I mean, it is wild. How, yeah. how many people I mean, I was are talking part of these team. I think when I traveled, when I first got into coaching uh, back in 97 with the Pacers, I think our traveling party may have been 25 people. And when I got to Brooklyn, New Jersey, here in Philly, it was maybe up to 30. Um, now I'm talking some teams travel with 50, 60 people for 15 players. Wild. You need like a separate plane for some of these support staffers when you go on the road. It's yeah. it's incredible to see. Um, so the the in season tournament, you know, big deal, whatever they want to do that. I think it's kind of goofy, but but whatever. The, the more significant potential change is the play in tournament, where you have seeds seven to ten, as I mentioned, competing for the final two playoff spots. You mentioned that you know could potentially deter tanking. Do you really believe that? Because I don't know that the teams that are in kind of the 9 and 10 slots are necessarily the tankers. And I'm not sure that that the teams that are below them will all of a sudden see the potential to make the playoffs as a reason not to kind of mail in the last few weeks of the season. What, what do, you, do you believe that's something that could deter tanking if they implemented that uh, in the future? Well, I think if you look at what they've done now with the lottery system, um, has proven last year the Knicks with the worst record doesn't get the, don't get the number one pick. So so now that should be the turn in itself. But I do think if it's in March, say it's in the March, and you're a couple games out of that ten spot, you figure I'm gonna keep playing because maybe I can get to that ten spot and then get in that playoff. And and it becomes something that your fans are gonna follow, and the media is gonna talk about. Hey, they got a chance to you know you sneak in. And get into the you know the play in because sometimes the team may have been injured and also they got healthy and start playing pretty good and they can see a ray of hope hey we can sneak in there and once we get in there we know we can do some damage um, so so I think you'll see teams if they're if it's close enough in March that they're hey one game back a tenth or two games back or three games back you know teams will, will still be fighting for that spot now once you get into April when there's eight games seven games you may think it seems like all right it's not worth it but but I do think you'll see teams start fighting for it. To, you know, because in baseball, you look at it, every team looks at it, okay, we can't get the division, but we still can get that wild card. So they keep playing and keep playing and keep trying. And so I do think it will give some excitement. And and I, and I think some teams, because getting in, the, people say, why do you want to get in and just get beat? But I think you've got to experience that playoff factor, especially if you've got a young team, getting in the playoffs, understanding what it's all about, even if it's a play-in tournament. They're going to treat it like a playoff atmosphere, so you you get some kind of experience of trying to get there. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I I think it depends on the team, but playoff experience is invaluable for really young teams. I go back to that first uh, Oklahoma City team when Durant and Westbrook were young, and they went up against the Lakers that first time. That was really a a kind of a, a stepping stone sort of moment for them, and they took off in the subsequent years. And I think having that playoff experience was 
was really valuable to them. I, I think if you, I, I do think if you add the 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 play in tournament to what they already have with the new rules on the lottery system, which as you point out, you know, should already be viewed as a real deterrent with the way it all shook out in the lottery last year, you may be able to really curb some of that tanking. And that's only good for the NBA because the last month of, of the NBA season is bad basketball. It just, yeah. it's, th- there's just a lot of teams that are out there just doing, you know, just sort of mailing it all in one way or the other. And, you know, some teams are fighting for seeding, but they got to do something to spice that up. But I, look, you mentioned baseball. It worked for baseball. Like having that kind of play in game in baseball added a layer of excitement. If you have a couple of, you know, game seven type uh, moments early in the playoffs, I think that can only help the NBA, right? I mean, that's, I think, I think that'll only be good for TV ratings. Yeah, and, and I think that's where it's good for the TV partners, but I think it, it brings an added excitement to the, to the end of the season where, like you said, you're sitting there and you're watching, like, okay, these, um, say if it's the Lakers continue on their pace and they're playing a team that's in the 10th spot or 11th spot this year, you know, they're probably going to rest guys. And, and the 11th team said, we got no shot. And they, they may not be playing, you know, for, let's make sure we get as many ping pong balls as we can. The one thing that, that that would concern me, and and I just mentioned it, is those top teams, when they're playing those teams, they got to keep playing. Because if they're resting guys, figuring, okay, we're locked in our seating, and they don't play guys, then it's going to help some of those other teams. So it becomes now Adam's got to make sure that guys aren't resting guys that are in the top tier, you know, which could affect some of those teams that are still trying to get into the playoffs. And this is something, too, that, I mean, Adam's been, this is, Adam's very big on kind of maximizing revenue. He's all about the money as a commissioner. I mean, he's, Adam, I think, is one of the more progressive guys. Of course, he's done some really good things, but, I mean, you know, having dealt with him, and, and this is something I've gleaned in recent years, he is all about that bottom dollar. Like, he is, he is going to make – whatever can make teams more money and the league more money, he's going to find a way to, to kind of ram that through. Yeah, and, and, and I think as a part of being a commissioner, one is to protect the integrity of the game, but it's also is to, is to drive revenue uh, for the, the league and the team itself and for the ownership. Um, and he's done a great job with that. And, you know, David Stern was ahead of his game with that when he – you know, when the back in the '80s, when they came in the drug policy to, you know, for the fans to understand the integrity of the game, and guys aren't doing drugs, and they added that policy, and then a lot of the things they did, you know, with TV, when they took it to cable instead of just trying to, we got to stay on network TV, was you know we're going to go to Turner for playoff games. So I think the NBA has always, I think, been ahead of the curve. And the good thing for the league is Adam was a part of that for years with the league, so he understood it. And Adam had a great relationship because he was president of NBA Entertainment before becoming, uh, I think, the deputy commissioner. He had great relationships and understood the entertainment value of it for TV. Um, and so he he understands what our TV partner, what the, what the TV partners really want and need. Yeah, they need players to stop sitting out marquee games. And we get another example Wednesday night. Kyrie Irving not coming back to Boston. That's going to be a tough. That's a tough one for ESPN to swallow. That one, I think, you know, is is he, you know, is he really hurt or is he sitting out? Um, and it could oh, be I think he's games. hurt. I think he's hurt. Yeah. I, I, I and, think he's really hurt. Because I, I don't think Kyrie was shy away from that. But, but I think if you're, you know, Brooklyn, you want to make sure that if he's got a bad shoulder, it, especially with his history, that you don't bring him back too soon. Yeah, Boston fans so angry that Kyrie isn't making the return, but there's there's no way he's. I don't believe he'd shy. They pointed out that like he didn't play in Cleveland beyond the one game of the opener a few years back, but 
I mean, that was the Celtics basically saying, you know what, we we, we can beat the Cavaliers without you, and yeah. you've been banged up a little bit. Let's just let's just mail that in. So we'll see what happens. I'm not sure this proposal is going to get resolved anytime soon, but uh, we'll see if the NBA can push this one through. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming. And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. A uh, couple of couple of NBA topics I want to hit you with before I let you go. Uh, I spent some time around Andrew Wiggins in the last couple of days, and he's one of the early season NBA stories with how he's sort of in the at least looking like he's reviving a career that was flagging over the last couple of years. Uh, his shot selection has been much better. He's getting away from those long twos and stepping beyond the three point line, averaging more than six threes per game. I thought Ryan Saunders, the head coach of Minnesota, did something really interesting just the other night when he effectively made Andrew Wiggins his point guard, uh, pulled Jeff Teague out of the starting lineup and inserted Wiggins as the point guard. I think that's going to be the lineup for the foreseeable future. Uh, what have you made of what you've seen of Wiggins? And w- after, watching him the last couple of years after being the number one pick in, in 2014, where have you seen what, what's happened to him? How has he declined in the way that he has? Well, I think he he was allowed to just float in the games and um, just be out there and not really put pressure. And I think a lot of times the coaches just sort of wrote him off. Well, he can't do this, he can't do that. 
I think Ryan has done a good job of, of engaging him and finding out what, you know, what do you want? You know, how can we be successful, put you in the, in the best possible position? And sometimes these players don't react to you know, a hammer over the top of the head, you got to do this, got to do this. Sometimes they react more to a coach talking to them and spending more time and figuring out what makes them tick. How do you get them to do the right things? And I think, to me, that's, it's been, like you said, put them at the point guard because you can't shy away. You can't vanish then. Um, you've got to be engaged. And I think the, I think Ryan and the staff has engaged him to be part of the offense, be part of the, the team. Because when he got there, he came in with the – all the high hopes and expectations, and and they just let them be. Um, rather now, it's it's challenging him to be better and put in talking to him. You know, Larry Bird when he was coaching the Pacers, I remember Reggie Miller said there was one game they were playing and Reggie was not into it. He wasn't playing well. And the fourth quarter, Bird just called him and said, "All right, now Reggie, you've been dog shit all game, but I need you now. I need you to step up. This is you know." And he went out and did. And sometimes it just takes coaches just talking to these guys as human beings and not. The old school. I'm just going to yell at you and push you and get you know. Players don't. All I'm, every player doesn't react the same. And I think now they've engaged him and and he's taken ownership and they've given him ownership of of the game itself. And I think that he's responded well. Yeah, I think there's a comparison to be made to your point um, uh, with Ryan and the way that he's been able to get Wiggins and Towns to buy into what we saw years earlier with Frank Vogel in Indiana when Vogel took over for Jim O'Brien. And one of the reasons he was able to be successful is because he had built-in relationships with guys like Roy Hibbert and Paul George and the stars of that team. Ryan has equity with Andrew Wiggins because he's been there for every step of the way. He was there when yeah. Wiggins was a rookie. He was assigned to Wiggins uh, as a guy that, you know, as part of his development, they they worked together, they watched film together, they... Uh, they traveled and ate meals on the road together, so there was a level of trust there and respect. So when Ryan and and Gerson Rojas, the new team president there, went to him, it seems like you know he was more willing to buy into what they were saying, which is you know you know get the fuck away from those the, the, those long twos and get out beyond the three point line and start making and start taking those shots. One thing I like about it, Billy, is that you know even when he has bad shooting nights from three, they say keep going. Now maybe that's something that that every team in the league does now. I mean, you hear a lot from from coaches and GMs about how we love threes, layups, and free throws. That's kind of the the thing in, today, in today's NBA. But they, they certainly seem okay with Wiggins having the occasional like one-for-10 three-point shooting night like he did just last week and and believing that he can eventually come around and, and those shots will be higher percentage shots down the line. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think the big, like you said, the big point is Ryan was there, and so there, there, there is that built-in trust. It's like when Jim O'Brien took over in Boston for Patino. He had that trust with Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker and those guys. Same thing with Vogel in Indiana. Sometimes that assistant has that trust. And the, the problem is, as it goes, when you've got to be the, the bad guy, you know, and not this year, but in two or three years, that's where – the problems tend to arise. You know, can you be the, the tough guy? You know, because you know you're always the nice guy to him. And but right now, I give Ryan and, and Gerson credit. They got him playing well, um, and he understands it's not just Cat's team. It's you know it's both of them, and and he's responded really well, which is good to see because usually it takes going to another organization for a guy that for it to kick in. Um, but it's almost like it is a new organization because it's new leadership from from top to bottom there. 
Yeah, and I think they've restored some of his confidence and they've restored maybe some of his enthusiasm or joy for the game. I think I do think the last couple of years, you know, that contract, while it's phenomenal, it gets him, pays him extremely well. I think that always kind of hearing or seeing his name and $147 million contract, I think that wore on him a little bit. And I, I think they've kind of thrown all that out and 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 started from scratch to a degree with Wiggins. And he's certainly responding right now. I love the experiment with him as a point guard. We'll see if he can, you know, be consistent on both ends at that spot. But, you know, they've got some they got some potential there. They're sitting right now at, you know, right around five hundred in the playoff mix in the Western Conference. I know they're not focused necessarily on wins and losses this year, but I think they've got a chance to to kind of make a little bit of noise and sneak into the playoffs in in a weird uh, Western Conference. All right, let me um let me finish just with sort of the low-hanging fruit here because Thanksgiving kind of a benchmark uh, for the NBA right around not quite the quarter point of the season, but but getting there. There's an interesting race developing for MVP. You got LeBron James playing out of his mind in the Eastern Conference. Giannis putting up 50 uh, the other night in the East. A lot of people wondering if he can go back to back. A couple other guys in that mix. Who right now, if you had to vote for MVP, who would be your choice? You know, I, I would probably go with LeBron just because of where their record is and how he's come back and played. Um, to me, it's just, you know, I, don't, I think people thought they'd be good. I don't know if they have them at, uh, where they are right now. Um, and then my run-up is probably be Luka, Luka, just because at his age, Luka Doncic, the numbers that he's putting up, is, it's just incredible uh, for a guy at his age to be doing that. Um, it's you know, almost averaging a triple-double. It's, you know, incredible. Yeah, I, I look at Luka, and I, I saw Trey Young in Atlanta this past week, and I think Trey's one of those guys where he could conceivably average, like, 30 points a game. Like, it's it's possible. It's in his sort of bag of tricks, and he's such a great passer that he's going to be, as he develops, I think, an elite player. But I, I don't – I just he doesn't have the ceiling that Doncic has. I mean, this is a guy that is I think is capable – of winning multiple MVPs uh, in the NBA. He's just that good and, and and that complete a player. He's just a, a better overall player. But I'm with you on LeBron. I, I'm I'm a little surprised that the Lakers have been this good. Uh, I'm very surprised that their defense has become extremely high level. I'm also surprised that LeBron's been able to play the two-way game he has. I mean, he's kind of... Billy, I don't know who is calling him washed up. It wasn't me. And it wasn't anybody with any credibility that I've read or listened to uh, over the years. But he sort of embraced this sort of hashtag washed king sort of thing for him and using that as motivation. Is he capable of doing this for an entire season? Because this is the best two-way basketball I've seen LeBron play since, like, the Miami days. Like, he was always a great offensive player, but he picked his spots defensively in recent years. And, and I was fine with that because he's an older player and he has to kind of kind of rev that motor down a little bit to get ready for the playoffs. Now, he's he's flying around on both ends of the floor. I, I'm just wondering if it's sustainable for 82 games. Well, that, that goes back to you know the load management and things like that. I, I, I do worry because at this point in his career, will his body hold up? Um, he does a great job preparing himself for the season and takes care of his body. Um, but that's the concern with him and Anthony Davis, especially Anthony Davis because he's had injuries. But LeBron is just a, it's a phenom for what he's doing at his age uh, on the court. And I think he's using that motivation of people saying he's washed up to go out there and play. But also I think you've got to give Frank Vogel a lot of credit because people thought he was, you know, he 
got the job by default. But the one thing about Frank, when he was Indiana's teams play great defense, and I think he's gotten these guys to buy in to play defense, and you know, and and to, to me, that's what's the difference of them this year and when LeBron's teams. A lot of teams LeBron has been on, and towards the end of his, this part of his career, they've been more offensive. We're going to outscore you, and um, and now I think they're scoring, but also they're playing very, very good defense. And it starts with him. He's setting the tone defensively and taking the challenge, and everybody else has to follow that suit. Yeah, I was telling anyone that would listen over the last couple of months that Frank Vogel is a very good coach. I mean, I've I've known Frank a long time, but I feel like he got. Uh, you know, look, you are what your record says you are, but I don't think that what or- happened in Orlando is a reflection of the kind of coach that he is. I think he's much more the coach that you saw in Indiana. And one thing, and I wrote about this last week, but, you know, talking to Rick Patino about Frank Vogel and talking to, you know, former LeBron coaches about LeBron, the one thing that stood out was you have to show LeBron that you're on his level in terms of work ethic and understanding of the game. And Patino was one of the first guys to tell me that, you know, Frank's work ethic is unmatched and his intelligence is at an extremely high level. So I think when you have those two ingredients, it doesn't matter if that you're not an ex player. I mean, I think Eric Spolstra had those ingredients as well. I think yeah. if you can just show him that that you are a high level basketball mind, LeBron's going to respect you. And it sure seems like he's uh, that Frank has the respect of LeBron. No, and I, I think you're right. I, I think, for, you know, my, Mike D'Antoni told me years ago when he first hit job at Denver and they lost, and then he took over Phoenix and they had one of the best records. And I was talking to him, he says, Billy, I'm the same coach I was in Denver. I just got better players. And I don't care how good a coach you are. If you don't have good players, which Frank didn't have in, in uh, Orlando, you're not going to win. Um, and, you know, Doc Rivers was probably going to be fired in Boston until they – brought in, you know, Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen, and he was able to get those guys to coexist and work together and win a championship. Um, if you've got players that are willing to buy in, and especially very good players to buy in, and you're a good coach, it'll show. If you've got good players and you're not a good coach, it's going to show. Yeah. let me Just to put a button on the MVP talk, uh, the, the, one, the one guy I want to vote for, and he's in my top five, and I, I, I'm very interested to see how this whole season plays out. But Pascal Siakam in Toronto, I mean, that guy's awesome. Like, he is just so fun to watch. And he takes, like, if he's not MVP this year, he has a strong case, Billy, to be most improved again this year. He won most improved player last year. And he comes back this year. He's, like, jacking above the break threes and making them at a decent rate. That team, forget about Kawhi. They lose Kyle Lowry with that that hand injury. They lose Serge Ibaka. And they're still sitting up there like in a virtual tie for second place in the Eastern Conference. That that's all like it's not all Siakam because Fred Van Vliet's been good and Gasol's been good at times. But Siakam is the the engine that drives that train and a two-way player at that. This is that that was one of the big draft hits in recent memory. That's like a Draymond Green level hit for where Siakam was drafted at 27th overall. No, and I agree. I, I think he's having a great year. I was watched the game when they played the Sixers tonight, and and you know he hit the big shot and got fouled to put them up. Um, I, I I like him. I think he's having a great year. I would probably go with you and put him in the most improved. I don't know if he's MVP because at the end of the day, I don't know if it's like the guys we're talking about: LeBron, Luca, Giannis. 
end of the game, you know, you can go to them four or five possessions in a row, and they're going to make the player score. I don't know if Siakam has that in his repertoire just yet, uh, because it's a mentality that you have to have because you're knowing that the pressure that's on you. And I think, you know, Luca, Giannis, um, um, LeBron, they have that, and you see it every night uh, because they know that they're getting their, everybody's best shot. With Siakam, you know, I think they have a great team, and he's the probably the leader of that great team right now, but I don't know if he's a guy that you can go to four or five straight possessions at the end of the game. I don't disagree with you, but I will say if the Raptors wind up winning 75% of their games this year, which is a, a big ask for a team at this point, but that's the pace they're on right now. If they wind up winning 75% of their games and finish with the number two seed, I'm voting for Pascal Siakam, man. Like I'm I'm all in on, on Siakam. I am voting for that guy because he's carrying that team right now. We'll have to do a lot the rest of the season. So. But what if Dallas wins 75% of their games in the West and, you know, and Luka keeps going on this pace? It's look. It he he'll, he'll make it interesting. I did. I thought the Clippers gave him a reality check the other night. Like that was. Yeah, they did. They that did. Was, that, they were, that was a reminder that you know great defenders out there can do some interesting things. Um, you know, with uh, with Luca, but uh, I, I mean, it, it's gonna be fun. I think I'm curious. Like LeBron, if he keeps his pace up, I think we'll run away with it. But the question is, you as we both kind of talked about there. Can he keep uh, this pace up? Uh, Billy, always appreciate it, man. Great to talk to you. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope you uh, enjoy the holiday. Hope to uh, talk to you again soon. Sounds good. You too. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.